Hey guys, we're hell keen to give you this episode with none other than a friend of ours and Hawthorne's very own Will Day, while he's back home in Adelaide. However, before we get into it, we're stoked to tell you about this episode's sponsor, Flashback Vodka. Flashback Vodka first caught our eye with their crazy and colourful design they stick on their cans. They use a bunch of blues, pinks and purples, and you could almost say it comes from the old school pop art. We personally first tried them a couple of weeks ago before going to a festival here, and it's fair to say we love them. They're not too watery, but not too sugary either, and we think their flavour blend is right on point. The flavours they have also aren't your classic ones, and hence make them a bit more fun to try. They stock blueberry, sour grape, lime, pink lemonade, and peaches and cream, all in their 330ml cans. They also stock double the alcohol sour grapes, while blueberry has double the percent too. Their 500ml grape long necks are also a hit, and we personally found them great for beer pong. Go grab yourself some from their website, or in select bottle shops around the state as we can honestly say these things are a proper hit. Hey guys, welcome back. Thank you for tuning into our episode with ORTC a fortnight ago, and uh, we're here for another big one Today, uh, as you would have heard from the intro ad, shout out to Flashback Vodka, we have got none other than Will Day from Hawthorne Football Club and a good mate of mine growing up. Welcome, big fella. Thanks for having me, boys. Keen to get on. Anytime. Um, Trav, start it off. What do you got? Well, we'll just go from the start, mate. Sacred Art, Foss Candom. I remember a good mate of ours, Oscar Williams, reckons you taught him everything he knows. So <laughs> I don't reckon there's a football coaching career coming out of that then because, you know, he's... <laughs> He loves his Barry B greatest, but that's all right. What what were some of your memories playing footy growing up? Yeah, um, down at Foss, just Auskick from um, real young age, and mum always tells me I, she couldn't get the footy out of my hands, and yeah, I've just loved it all the way through. It's um, yeah, been my passion um, growing up, and I've always just loved it. So. I uh, live in Glenelg North growing up, so around the corner from the Oval and, yeah, just there pretty much every day with Dad kicking the footy and, yeah, great memories down at Foss. Beautiful. And then Sacred Heart. Yeah. Um, school footy. Yeah, when so Sacred Heart, year six, all-boys school, so recess and lunch, we'd be just kicking the footy all the time, no girls to impress, so just going hard out in the Oval and then... Yeah, school footy was a really good program and, um, yeah, it's pretty famous for its history. So growing up, loving it there and um, ended up, yeah, school footy at the senior schools, yeah, probably the closest knit group of boys I've played with and, yeah, we had so much fun there. Yeah, beautiful. And then you came in, well, you and Harry started to get to know each other through baseball. Yeah. Do you want to take us through that a bit? Yeah, so me and Will, for those that don't know, kind of knew him. Growing up playing baseball, so while you were playing footy, playing at Glenelg Tigers with me, tell us about that. Yeah, I um, was playing cricket at school and I was just really bored, like didn't get around it at all and then um, I had had some family that had played baseball, um, they were out at Sturt and um, Sam who's out at the Gold Coast, Suns, he was pretty high up in baseball so Dad... Um, Brought up the idea, me and a few of my mates, yeah, went out to Glenelg Tigers, met Leaks, and um, the rest is history. But yeah, love love baseball so much, and the boys at the club have been awesome. Yeah, remind me, so 
when did you start? Like, what age group? Because I started, I think it was, it was quite, it's under 11s now, but it was like under 13 yeah. minors. And then you kind of played through to senior and you played shortstop in Ago for a bit, I reckon. And then kind of for a bit, then once you got to the point football got so serious, kind of to take it away more with that. Yeah, so I, um, under 13s, I was out there. So started pretty young and, yeah, went up, um, played a few of the rep teams growing up. Um, the under-13s, we'd all get to go down to Gold Coast every year, which was awesome. And, um, yeah, 15s, 17s, and then ended up playing, yeah, a bit of A-grade, which was awesome for my development. And baseball clubs are awesome just because um, you got players that are playing when they're 40 years old. So um, you're mixing with players that and people off the, off the field that um, are a bit of a different age demographic. So I think... Yeah, my time at the baseball club has yeah really helped me, not just footy, but my life as well. Yeah, completely. It's one of, like you said, with the age demographic, it's one of those things, for obvious reasons, baseball, it's, um let's just say it doesn't take as much physical ability yeah, or yeah. in the sense that, like, yeah, you don't have to do as much running or there's not as much contact as, of course, footy. Um, and from that instance, like, there's a lot of older guys playing, like we talked about it before starting this recording, but it goes down to, I think, Div 8 at the moment. And, um, yeah, and div from, like, pretty much div four and below. Like, you wouldn't find many people below the age of 30. And nah. there's still people getting up there, 70, 80, who are still playing, which is pretty crazy. Um, but then going back to footy, where did you – how did you get to the point? So you started out FOSS and then kind of that – at the same time, it would have moved into Sacred Heart. When did you start playing for Glenelg? Yeah, so uh, similar to baseball, um, Glenelg footy was under 13s, just a few development squads and – um, yeah, went all right there, but growing up, I was always, um, still am, a lighter frame compared to the others, so um, never made any of the state teams at a young age, but uh, my time out at Glenelg, yeah, was going pretty well, um, up to under-16s, and um, vice-captain of the 16s, and then, yeah, ended up transitioning over to West Adelaide. We'll get more into that, um, but I don't know if Trav wanted to yeah, ask got, about a little injury from baseball. Got, yeah, we got a little bit of mail coming in saying <laughs> you nearly missed the under-13 baseball grand final for injury. <laughs> Did you want to talk us through that? Yeah, um, so night before the grand final for under-13s, it's worked up to be a pretty big game at that stage of our careers. It was our biggest game. Um, and the night before in the backyard, <laughs> just always been, I've always just been either footy, soccer or whatever. So I'm with the soccer ball and practising my rainbow flicks and um, I've ended up corking my calf like really bad, like shocking. And that night I'm laying on laying on the bed, Dad's feeling around. We're like, fuck, we could be no good here. And then turns out, yeah, the next day I'm doing fitness tests for the 13s, <laughs> baseball grand final. And, yeah, probably we ended up losing the game. Um, we had a few injuries as well, but... Yeah, might have played a part. Yeah, that's no good. Has did you play in that one? Mm, I don't think so, because Will was probably you're kind of like in a sense an age group above yeah, me, or like yeah. that one year above. Yeah, like we'd maybe play like thirteens or fifteens together, but depending like just because in general, unless you're like really good, you'd play like two years in each age group, and you yeah. kind of play in like Div two or something for yeah. the first year, and as a first year, and then you kind of move up. There's the of course the couple. So like we definitely played a few games together in different teams, um, but in general you played more with like Joe and Rion. Shout out Rion, happy birthday today, <laughs> happy big fella. Um, but yeah, but good time. Um, while we got onto it, shout out Flashback Vodka, sponsoring the episode today. Me and Trav had, had have had these before, but we'll crack them open. 
We were also at Kyle. It's Kyle, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got <laughs> it here. Uh, we're all getting on it. Um, so, Trav, what, what flavour you got, mate? I got pink lemonade. And I got lime. Yeah, I got the sour grape. Kyle? Peaches and cream. Peaches and cream. Nice. Goes down well for uh, what's today? Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, that's fucking eleven fifty six a.m. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Off training day, so it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're bloody good though. Um, fully flavoursome. I'm trying to think of something to compare them to. Um, they're like cruises a little but bit better, but better flavour. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. They're not seltzers as such. They're more mixes. Um. They're fucking nah, pretty good. Smooth as. Um, Trav, continue. Yeah, on. so then, sort of when you made the transition over to Westies. Mate, you're I'm spilling the yeah, shit I know, on I the table. It. I was trying <laughs> to clean that up without you seeing. Um, <laughs> no, so house for this recording, by the way. We <laughs> got out of the studio again. Yeah, keep going. Um, so you made the transition over to Westies, and obviously, Grandpa played at Westies. So what was that all like? And then I know you were playing in your draft year, you played mainly Resies, because I remember Forry was, and Bocky few of our mates were playing in the 18s at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, it was um yeah, it was a bit of a weird period for me at Glenelg. I got to the stage where um it was my first year of under 18s and yeah, it wasn't really getting picked for um not only games but not even training squads and at that point um being drafted, it was my dream. It wasn't really a reality, but I knew that I wanted to give it every chance that I had. So um, yeah, Grandpa had really strong ties with West Adelaide, a bit of a legend there. Um, and he was always sort of keen for me to be around that culture just because he knows how good um, of a club it was. So we saw that opportunity and with the connections, um, Jason Porplesia was working at West Adelaide and he was a big help in getting me over. And um, yeah, it's the best thing I ever did. I don't, I don't think... Yeah, if I didn't make the move, I, I probably wouldn't be in the position I am today. So um, that's one that I don't take for granted. And, um, yeah, ended up playing some, yeah, reasonably good footy for West Adelaide, which, um, yeah, was able to get some attention from, yeah, some the right recruiters. Clubs. Yeah. And how long did you play there? Trav probably knows a bit more. He plays pays a bit more attention to footy than me. Um, but I remember because I obviously knew through baseball and then you kind of stopped that to <laughs> – fully focused on footy when it started getting pretty serious. And then I remember, like, I saw you playing, but I didn't think you were, like, like of course, at that level and then kind of out of nowhere. Um, things really started heating up and people were like, oh, Daisy's probably going to get drafted. And I was like, holy yeah. shit, like, really getting around it. Yeah, it was pretty strange because I ended up oh, – I, I reckon I haven't played more than 10 games for West Adelaide in total. I played a few that year that I moved over as an underager and then – um, because of school footy taking a priority, I was playing that in my um, top age year. But, yeah, it's sort of, yeah, the whole process of that year was a bit of a blur now. But I went from at the start of the year not even on anyone's radar and then by the end of the year getting talked about as a first-round draft pick. So Massive draft bolter, yeah, as they call it. Yeah, it was... Um, and it never really seemed real. Like, I used to... I'd play a good game and I'd start to get a few articles and things and uh, my name getting thrown around. But it, to me, it was just like, oh, it's just writing on a piece of paper. Like, uh, don't really take anything You weren't from giving it. it to the girl saying, hey, did you see the paper today? <laughs> I'm on the back cover or anything like that? No, I probably should have, looking back. But, um, no, it was all a bit of a blur. And then getting picked for the state team... First one being under 18s and it all sort of just came together at the right time for me. 
Yeah. Well, you go. What was the 18s carnival like? Like, And then also you would have been in the SA hub at the same time. What was that sort of process like? Yeah, it was awesome for me. Um, as I said earlier, not getting picked for anything previously. Um, and then I get picked for a program where they try and show you the elite side of what it takes to be a professional athlete. And getting thrown into that, had some good mates out there, Callum Park, Brady Sell in the hub. Um, and for me, in my head, I was coming from a fair bit behind, um, not coming through these programs. So for me, um, each training, each game, I was like, I need to get my spot, I need to fight for my spot. And I was going into it, hopefully just play one one game for state um, and then work from there and then to play all four of them and ended up, yeah, playing a right footy. So it'll, yeah, just built up on a pretty good trajectory. And yeah. um, what was the moment, like, in the draft process you talked about, like, for a bit, like, you didn't even think about it, didn't even think it would happen. What was the point when you're like, okay, like, there's a fair chance I'm going to get drafted, I should be taking pretty serious attention? Yeah, um, probably not until probably halfway through of my top age year. Um, played pretty good footy for Sacred Heart the year before, so my name was in circulation and then... Um, yeah, just had once you have a few interviews with clubs and they they start talking about um, and also signing. I signed with my manager pretty early, um, McConville Sports. They came to me in my bottom age year, which was um, very different to a lot of the other managers who waited for me to get selected and they just saw my name. Um, they came to me pretty early, seeing what they liked, and they actually instilled a lot of confidence in me, um, which helped quite a bit. And I think them talking to clubs and them relaying messages to me. Yeah, it was probably halfway through that year where I was like, oh, wow, like all of a sudden my dream can become a reality. And yeah, that probably pushed me to go a little bit harder. Yeah, definitely. And then obviously combine and everything like that. What was that sort of like, obviously, over a Yeah, it was pretty surreal. Um, we had just finished our season and um, the, S, the sample season – um, for some reason went longer than the NAB League for the Victorian boys. So, yeah, all the other boys are getting four weeks of pure training for this combine, whereas we're sort of getting two weeks. And at that stage, you don't want to be doing too You're much. You're trying to get over niggles and that from yeah. the season and everything like that. So I um, I went into it obviously wanting to do really well, but I had some good advice um, from my cousin, from a few others who had been through the process, and it's just... Yeah, do what you can, but at the end of the day, they're going to draft you for the footballer and the person you are, and this stuff's sort of just a bit of a guideline. Yeah, and then you said you had a few interviews and that. Did anyone throw any wacky sort of questions at you or anything a bit out of the square? Yeah, there, there were a few clubs that were <laughs> really harsh, um, and they'd get up my GPS reports, and at that, I've never been an awesome runner. I've had to sort of work um, to add that to my game, and... Some of my GPS results for the state carnival, yeah, weren't too flash. So I had, I think, yeah, Port and Sydney came at me pretty hard. And you come out of those interviews thinking, oh, my life's over. Yeah, like, good this is the worst. But then it turns out the ones that go harder are the ones that are actually more interested. I want to see if they can break him. Yeah. That's what person you're going to be. Yeah, they, in those interviews, they love to just see how you react. And, um, I was able to stay fairly composed, um, which I think, yeah, they ended up liking. But it was pretty daunting, like as a, eight, like freshly eighteen year old, 
going into these rooms with list managers, recruiters, and especially at the combine, those interviews were pretty scary. Um, but yeah, those um, that was a really good process, and yeah, it was good to get that experience. Yeah. So did you kind of go from that point, and then just without really knowing anything, the draft kind of popped up, and was like you got pick thirteen in the end. Was there a point where you kind of got told and you knew that was when you're going to get picked and just kind of kept it to yourself and the close family and friends? No, it was actually probably the opposite. So in going into the night, um, I didn't actually get invited to the first night of the didn't draft. Didn't go into Melbourne for yeah, it. Yeah, so I, was, I think I was the only one who went in the first round that didn't get invited over, which at that point we were like, oh, like, yeah, it's fine. Day like, two's my day sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, we, we were going in with the managers telling me probably pick 19 to pick, 25 um, with Port and Gold Coast pretty keen. Um, I'd just been at Albert and Oval the day before, um, met with Ken Henkley and he, yeah, he seemed pretty keen. And um, at that stage, I didn't really care where I got drafted. I was, yeah, happy to go anywhere. But obviously um, the thought of staying in Adelaide for family and stuff was all right. Um, and then we get to the night and... Um, Cow Toomey had actually done an article with his mock draft and he had me at pick 13 to Hawthorne and I've rung my manager and I'm like, oh, what's this? Like, Hawthorne had... Um, yeah, like, had they shown any interest at all? Yeah, they, a few interviews early, but they're very strategic with how they go about it and I didn't hear from them for a while and I was, I saw that and rang my manager and we're like, what's going on here? And he was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to go and ask him like, about I'll it. follow that up. So he went and asked him and Cow just sort of said to him, like, just, yeah, I got some mail. He didn't he didn't really filter that to me because he didn't want to um, have too much pressure. And, yeah. and then on the night getting called out, yeah, at pick 13 to Hawthorne with Grandpa there and the whole family, it was... There's a video of that in the Yeah, Hawks tell us about that Facebook. moment. I, like, I remember that's the main thing I remember seeing from that whole process was seeing that video. I feel like I got posted just about everywhere. Mum shared it on Facebook as the <laughs> Hawks family we are. and yeah, yeah, tell us about that a bit, like, where was it? Who was there? Yeah, so I had just all my closest mates, all my family, extended family at home, and yeah, it was a bit of a blessing in disguise that I didn't get invited over to Melbourne because... Um, it would have been cool getting up on stage, but at the end of the day, I wouldn't have had everyone who's close to me with me. So, yeah, name got called out and, um, yeah, everyone just flocked on me and just looking over at my grandparents, like my parents, like it was just such an emotional day for all of us just because I'd worked, yeah, so hard and it had just been a dream for ages. And then, yeah, what was Grandpa's sort of words to you about going to the Hawks? Because obviously he played there... And then it was probably pretty close family ties and everything now. Westies to the Hawks. Yeah, he um he knew like Hawthorne's just been such a great club for so long and his experience over there was awesome. He was there for the two years, won a premiership with them. Um, so he knew it was almost like not a sigh of relief, but it was like he knows that he's confident that yeah, you're gonna get the best. I'm going into state and he knows that the club's just going to look after me, which they have, and I've loved my time there so much. Yeah, beautiful. And then, obviously, a little bit down the line, you're now getting to wear his old number. How did that sort of process come across and how was it received? Yeah, it, um, yeah, I had yeah, ended up debuting a bit earlier than I thought in my first year and um, played the rest of the year, and um, which was above my expectation and... Um, 
I was really happy with how I went. And then for the club to come to me and um, they said that the number 12 is available, um, yeah, it was really flattering. And uh, I just jumped at it straight away, knowing that Grandpa wore it. And I remember telling him when I was back in Adelaide, um, presented him with the jumper that they gave me. And yeah. that was another special moment. Was that from as soon as you started playing in the AFL? That was so uh, first year I wore the number thirty. Yeah. Um, Not a bad number first year either. Yeah, I was pretty happy with the thirty. Um, there's a few rogue numbers going around, yeah. but um, yeah, had that for the one year, and then to yeah be offered it in my second year, I was yeah pretty happy. Yeah. Who'd you go for growing up? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I always had a soft spot for Hawthorne with Grandpa. Yeah. Um, but early on. I think just the Adelaide brainwash, I was crows real early. Yeah. Then I got to the age where I was sort of sick of it, so I actually went for the blues. Um, yeah. Just more, more yeah. lifetime of hell. Yeah, loved Jeff Gala, loved him so much. Heath Scotland, a few of those boys. And then when Sam got drafted to Gold Coast, um, yeah, I followed them pretty closely and followed him. Yeah, I think I remember wearing you, you wearing a Gold Coast jersey yeah, for yeah. a while. yeah. And um, then talk twenty twenty. So it was twenty twenty your debut year. Yeah, first year. Yep. Yeah, and then um, tell us more. Of course, during that kind of COVID season. Uh, of course, twenty twenty one was a bit as well, but that was kind of the first time it was all brand new. Tell us more about that. And I'm not. Yeah. I don't. From memory, I'm not fully sure. But it was the hub. Like, what kind of went yeah. on with all of that? Yeah. So for my first year, um, it was going pretty normal, normal preseason, and then. COVID starts to hit and, um, yeah, first year in the system and we're being relocated. Uh, we were Sydney, Perth, Adelaide um, and spent the whole year away. So for everyone else, it was like a big change. But for me, my first year in the system, I've already moved so into state. Yeah, so I'm already away from family. So I, I yeah, loved it really. I was immersed with the boys. It brought us all a lot closer and... Um, I know for a lot of people it was a bit of struggle with young families and things like that, but for me I was fairly unaffected. So I actually, yeah, loved the idea of just <laughs> living with the boys yeah. all year round. A few of the older boys taking under their wing. Yeah, yeah, Jack Gunston um, and Luke Bruce real early. I lived um, at each of their houses for a week. and um, Who's the better cook? Uh, <laughs> Luke, Luke is and he likes to tell everyone about it as well. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they, they were awesome for me and since staying with them, they've just kept an eye out for me and, um, have been really good. Yeah. All the way through. We want to take a short break in today's episode to tell you about our great friends at DG Designs. DG Designs is the product of artisan designer, Dominic Gorky. Her unique style of art can only be described as geometrically cool meets pop culture. Dom has collaborated with some of the world's most recognized brands and most celebrated events full of creativity and content. Dom's style and subject opens the walls to both male and female consumers alike. We are lucky enough to be able to have Dom and DG Designs behind shouting around in today's episode. Dom has been nice enough to gift us all a present. Harry has chosen the Kobe 24 poster, Will chose Odell Beckham Jr. and I was super excited to get my hands on Tiger Woods. Will was in love with his piece as soon as it hit his hands and so were Harry and myself. Please go check them out on social media or at domgorkydesigns.com. Now back to the episode. Did you, yeah, where'd you live, like, for most of your time, like, when you first started over there? Yeah, went over, went into a host family, so um, the Seal family looked after me really well. He's he's the president um, of Box Hill, Ed Seal, so 
Um, Hopefully, don't spend too much time there. But yeah, no, they um they have had. I think their first was Brendan Whitecross back in yeah. uh, when he started. So they've been doing it for ages, and they were awesome for me. I I wouldn't have been able to just move in with the boys straight away. So they they looked after me really well. And then was that? Are you still there? What are, who are you with now? Nah, so I was there for well, I wasn't there much my first year um, because of the hub, and then stayed a few more months, and then um, ended up moving in with a few of the boys. So Warps, um, initially it was Warps at a townhouse, and Jordan Love, his mate, um, and then Warps has bought, and then Maury's moved in with us as well. So yeah, we got a pretty good crew. Get up to no good much. Uh, no, undisclosed. <laughs> <laughs> nah, fair. Like the secret to Maury's good year. Yeah. And uh, let's go back to the debut night. Uh, who? Tell us more about it in general. Like first getting on the field. Who do you play against? Uh, Collingwood. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a bit of a weird one. I'd never thought I'd say I'd debut against Collingwood at GWS Stadium. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah and I think at that stage there was a bit of a crowd, so I think we had two to 5,000 there. And, um, yeah, found out on the Thursday and, um, yeah, I was... At training? Uh, we were team meeting. Yeah. Um, yeah, did they build it up and do all the big sort of pump-up yeah, yeah, surprise no, I, thing? I wasn't expecting it really at all. Um, I'd been doing all right, but I'd, I'd played one practice game for practice. VFL. It wasn't even the VFL yeah. games. It would have been those like internals yeah. and stuff like that. So I hadn't actually played an official game for the club yet. Um, and to get the call up was, yeah, I was just sitting there so shocked and got to make the phone calls to mum and dad, which they film, and that was another awesome moment. Um, and then, yeah, just... You didn't it. stuff the phone calls up because our mate, or your mate as well, Kane, he fucked his halfway through and goes, oh, can we restart? <laughs> <laughs> and didn't they record it? They filmed it? Yeah, they're filming it. it. He's like halfway surprised. through, he's like, oh, like, can we restart? Like, I sort of <laughs> fucked it here. So you didn't fuck yours up? Nah, mine went all right. Well, I I think um, I, rang, I rang mum first and then <laughs> rang dad after and dad assumed that he got the first call. So <laughs> he goes, oh... Better call you, mum. You're gonna call mum now, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that now. <laughs> but already it happened. Yeah, don't want to offend him that you called yeah, mum no. first. Now that's good today, and I'm guessing they weren't able to come over for that just because of COVID. Or no, it was actually, um, yeah, a big rush. So rang them on the Thursday. We we're playing. I reckon it was Saturday night. Um, rang them, and they just did everything they could. They ended up getting over, and at that stage, they were allowed to get back into Adelaide. All good, but then. Halfway through their stay in Sydney, um, they bring out the 14-day isolation back in Adelaide. So instead of rushing back to Adelaide, they thought, we're here, like, um, debut. There's only one debut for Will. So um, they stayed. Didn't actually get to make any interaction with them at all. I got to wave from about 15 metres away, but just having them there was all that mattered. And, yeah, they copped the 14-day isolation after. So you guys were all good not having to ISO moving around, but you were kind of, in general, like, other than playing, you were kind of stuck into yeah. certain headquarters or, in a sense? Yeah, so in certain places it was better than others. So Sydney, we could go out. We couldn't we couldn't sit down anywhere, but we could get our oh, takeaway coffees. Yeah, go for a walk, um, which was awesome. We stayed in Coogee, which is an elite spot. Yeah. Um, but then we go to Perth um, and we're just full full quarantine in 
but it, we were staying in Crown, so. Um, <laughs> Could you get down to the cast, or? Uh, nah, nah. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> nah, so, yeah, even even though we're in quarantine, like, you're with all the boys, and we had a pretty good setup. They had PlayStations there for us, table tennis, and then um, you're doing everything with the boys. So. That would have been pretty good first year in, like, because oh, yeah. you would have been pretty nervous going, oh, I'm not going to know anyone, or that, yeah. and then, bang, you're locked in pretty much with... 42, 43 other blokes. Yeah, it, it was actually really good to just bring the group a bit closer, um, especially um, when you first come into the club. Like the older boys, they have their circle of friends um, and then we're just hanging out together with the young boys, but we were sort of forced to interact. And then when the older boys brought their families in halfway through, you get to hang around people yeah. you don't usually see all the time. So it was actually, yeah, really good. Roommates in the hub, did you have them? Who were they? Yeah, they were. Um, it was mostly own rooms, which was yeah. awesome. Is that um, sort of in case someone got COVID? That yeah, there was a bit of too risk, at risk. Yeah, risk mitigation. Um, but you're always you always find where the boys are staying, yeah. and um, I spent a lot of time with Finn McGuinness, Harry Pepper. Um, pretty much my draft class. Yeah. we were just inseparable, and we got real close through that. But yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, beautiful. Were you stuck in different states for like? you go to Perth and play all your games there in Perth and then Sydney or was it kind of all a bit back and forth? No, nah, so they did the fixture so we could base ourselves for, I think we are in Sydney for a, uh, like six-week block, then Perth for another six and then we're out in the Barossa Valley for another, I think we finished the last six there. So I think we split it up pretty evenly. So, um, yeah, it worked out pretty well where you can just um, fixate yourself and play from there. Yeah, definitely. Trav, I know you would like to ask this next one. Um, yeah, so little hawk bugging me. Yeah, what was Alistair Clarkson like as a coach? Yeah, I, I was really fortunate to have Clarko's. Yeah, we'll go down as, if not the best coach, my opinion, one of the, the best coach of yeah, all time, one of the greats. So he, yeah, the way he went about things was just awesome, and um, yeah, you could have so much fun with him. But then he'd have his coaching side where he's. Yeah, if he's if he can find something to exploit the game and gain an edge, like he'll he'll work, he'll be up all night thinking of ways um, to gain an advantage. And um, his footy brain is just yeah, obviously second to none. And then like as a coach, sort of thing, like with coming with open, honest feedback and stuff like that. How does he rate out of other coaches you've had? Yeah, him and Sam are probably a bit different because Sam's always been very very direct. Um, which is he's got the relationship, so he's been great with one on one feedback. And I think Clarko, he's a bit more not nurturing, but he's got his direct side, but he's also got his um, education side. Yeah, like he'll show you the point without yeah. just screaming down your throat. Yeah, so they both they both work for each other, but yeah, I'd say that's the difference between the two. Yeah, and then obviously Sammy's the coach now. What was it like when he sort of you were there when he sort of first came back? From WA and yep. yeah, how many, welcome how many back years do you have off in between uh, retiring? Went over to West Coast for a year, yeah. coached there, I think it was two years. Yep, coached then, in the flag. Yeah, coached the flag, then came back and was Box Hill's head coach yep. and an AFL assistant and obviously now he's yeah. the head coach. Yeah, so my first year he was Box Hill, uh, yeah, Box Hill head coach. Oh no, sorry, so in the hub year, obviously VFL was scrapped. Yeah. 
So then my he was just yeah one of the assistants. Um, probably didn't have yeah wasn't as close to him then. But then my second year, he had uh, Box Hill head coach, and he was also um, head of our like academy. So yeah. first to four year players, and he did such a good job with us. He um, taught us so much and just built these relationships with us. Um, What's it like to pick his brain? Obviously, yeah, early AFL on, champion. Probably yeah. AFL Hall of Famer. Yeah, early on I was just in awe and I think that's yeah. probably why I was so distant from him in my first year. I was probably a bit starstruck and then second year he just opened up to us young boys and he did so much with um, just building connections between us and he gave us so much confidence that it's not just the older boys that have an impact, it's actually us, the next wave that come through and... I don't. I think if he didn't have that role that he had with the, us as academy in Box Hill, I think that's done so much for him. Because Wouldn't have that rapport with the yeah, current playing group. He's got the relationships with us, and we know that he just backs us to the hills. So when we do get that direct feedback from him, where we just cop it on the chin, and we know that he loved us and he wants yeah. the best out of us. And then, what is the support staff and that at the Hawks like? Obviously, moving away from home and everything like that, it's pretty nerve wracking and. Obviously, everyone would go through times of ups and downs in any life, let alone your career being in a spotlight. What's the club's support stuff like in that sense? Yeah, Hawthorne, I, I can't talk about other clubs, but I'd say Hawthorne do it, yeah, probably the one of the best in the AFL. We have welfare manager, um, Josh McCann, and he's he's awesome at what he does, and he's just so passionate about us boys just being the best we can be and just all us interstate guys being as comfortable as we can be. And um, I've, yeah, just having a few hiccups, whether it's injuries or whatever, like I've come through and um, had so much support around me. It's been awesome. So moving on, as you just mentioned, let's get into the injuries. Um, There was obviously, was it just the one? Uh, Twice. Twice, yeah. Yeah, Tell us about them, um, how long I had you out for and. Yeah, so um, coming out of my first year, had a bit of confidence that I could play at the level. And um, tell you what, the supporters all did. Yeah, as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was feeling the love from the supporters actually, and then so I came into. I remember. Sorry to cut in. They did that little Valentine's Day. Will oh, you yeah. be my Valentine? My last today? name has just been used way yeah. too many times. It's shocking, but um, yeah. So came into my second year with a lot of confidence and. Still didn't have a full pre-season, but a bit more than my first year. Um, played pretty well. We had an awesome game, round one, um, 40 points down at half-time against Essendon, and we come back and win by a point. I play well in that, and I'm I'm gaining a bit of momentum, and I'm like, I can really, this year's like the year that I'm going to step Break up. Out and year. Yeah, so come to round two and then against Richmond on the G, and um, yeah, tackle... Tackled, um, I think it was Camden McIntosh. Nah, Josh Caddy, actually. Um, yeah, and it was pretty, in, like, it was just a normal tackle, like, sort of dragged to the ground, but nothing malicious or anything. Yeah. And my foot just... Not yeah. like Paddy Riders hit on you. <laughs> we can come back to that. But, <laughs> um, yeah, nah, just ankle sort of stayed under and... Um, limped off and physios went down and that was um, checking for t- like tendons to see if they were all still good and did a few tests and it wasn't 
it wasn't horrible. Like I was sort of still able to limp around and things, but ended up getting subbed off. And it wasn't until the next day when I went and got an X-ray, I was still hopeful that it was might just be sort of like a five weeker or something like that. And yeah, pretty much came back as the worst case scenario. Um, surgery, everything, and yeah, get into a bit of rehab only to come back, play two games and sort of redo it, which set me up for the season. So it was, yeah, pretty annoying season. What were the emotions sort of going through at those stages? Like, obviously, no injury is fun, but to know that you're going, yeah, this is going to be my year, and then to miss out on the majority of the year? Yeah, I think once I did the first one, I was really motivated and I was like, I'll get back from this, get to still play this year. So I think I was on track. If I didn't do it the second time, I would have had eight games in at the end of the year and I was like, yeah, let's go, let's get the rehab done. So I was all right then, but it wasn't until the second time where I've done it again and that was really, really demoralising. Yeah, I struggled a lot more in that second time um, just knowing... The season was done for me and just have to do the exact same rehab yeah. all over again. Did yeah. it make you question the rehab you'd done and the support you had through the rehab at all or was it just, oh, it's a freak accident that's happened again, for fuck's sake? Like, yeah, no, I have I have full faith in our medical team. Like we have, we'd have the best team going around and um, they kept me, they were so open with me during the whole process. We were... It wasn't just like they're telling me what to do. We're sort yeah. of open dialogue. So uh, it was, yeah, just a freak accident and it's just it was just unlucky. And um, what what type of stuff are you doing in terms of, like, for the rehab and then even maybe now, like, injury prevention, just try and avoid the same stuff happening? Yeah, um, the first time, um, because we had a timeline, we um, just a lot of strength around the ankle and a lot of calf strength initially just got to stay away from the actual ankle itself. Um, well, still healing. Yeah, and then once the ankle was getting a bit more mobile, just um, really drip feeding in a bit of strength and um, bone loading. So with once you break a bone, you don't necessarily just leave it, especially an ankle. You want to give it some a bit of aggravation to spur the healing and... Um, increase it a bit so yeah it was good to sort of understand rehab and looking back at it it yeah it'll shape me as a better football just with um yeah a few setbacks and things like that makes the story a bit sweeter at the end (laughs) yeah hopefully so um yeah and then the second time we went a lot slower with it we we knew the season was done got the pre-season ahead of us so we went real slow with that which is why now I've got confidence yeah in the ankle after you did the second one did you come back to Adelaide and spend much time here before sort of launching into it or nah because because we knew the season was sort of six weeks out yeah um I was happy to just stay and at that stage I was actually doing a bit of coaching with with Sam at Box Hill um which is awesome for me so I was on the sidelines and um yeah able to look through footy with a different lens and um, so I was happy to keep doing that and sort of improve off the field. Yeah, what was that like? Obviously, how did the boys take it? Obviously, you're one of their teammates and now yeah. you're helping the coach make decisions and stuff like that. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, I think, um, yeah, especially like Finn McGuinness playing Box Hill yeah. and I'm his age. Um, 
and I'm passing messages, giving him advice, and I went into it a bit. Um, yeah, training on eggshells a little bit at the start just to yeah. see how the boys would take it, but they were so open to it, and I reckon I've gained so yeah such better skills with feedback and so do you think it's helped your own game too yeah definitely just um looking at looking at it the way the coaches look at it and then delivering feedback and um yeah especially like the importance of having relationships and i can do it to someone like finn because we have built the relationship and then when did you make your return uh yeah so it wasn't until the year after i actually missed the first two games um is this last season? Yeah, yeah, this this season just gone. Yep. Um, yeah, missed the first two games just because we did really take our time and it was just getting match fitness back. Played a few. Um, v- I played a VFL practice match and VFL round one, yep. which I yeah definitely needed to get that match fitness back. And then, yeah, got back round three. Yeah, beautiful. And then sort of launching into 2023 now, there's been a little bit of personnel change, but... What do you reckon 2023 looks like from a pretty young list at the Hawks? Yeah, we've had pretty big turnover and majority being our senior players. So there's a lot of outside noise questioning it. And um, Kane yeah. Corns is pretty good at yeah. questioning every AFL list, yeah. let alone the Hawks. Nah, so there's a lot of outside noise, but internally we're just really excited and we're super confident with the young core that we've got and we see it as there's a bit of a void in leadership for us to step up into. So we think it's a great opportunity. Yeah, definitely. And then, so what are you sort of doing? Obviously now it's off-season. You don't have your pre-season coming up, but what are you sort of doing at yeah, the I'm moment? pre-season hasn't begun yet. No, nah, so we officially, uh, I'm in my last year of going back a bit early. So um, 21st of November we're back. So yeah, with a few of us boys um, got a little trip to Europe in, which was awesome. And then so you met up with KJ over there. Yeah, yeah, in London, um, running a muck. So nah, it was a pretty, <laughs> pretty awesome experience. And um, yeah, it was just awesome to do it with like twelve of us from the club, and we'll be so much closer for it as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, so then, yeah, after that, come back to Adelaide. Um, yeah, see all, all my mates, um, had a few 21st, which I, yeah, missed out on most of my close mates ones during the year, which always sucks, but it's a part of it, so it was good to get a few in here, and, um, yeah, I'll head back to Melbourne next week and really get going with the boys. Yeah, do you do any training, um, just kind of during this time, like footy or even not footy related? Yeah, so we, we had our program while we were in Europe, so we were finding gyms wherever we were. Um, the boys were running. Lots of one-arm um, pint curls and everything <laughs> like that, I'm sure. Yeah, a few of them. Um, and then, yeah, back here, back into a program. And, um, yeah, this will be really my first full preseason, just because first year they go a bit easy on you, just getting the body used to it and then... I've had my setbacks with my injuries, so I'm really keen to have a strong pre-season and attack this year. On footy trip, best on? Oh, best on. I think overall probably Maury, the um, organising stuff, but then, yeah, it goes all right on a night out as well. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, what was the travel schedule? Yeah, it was, it was pretty packed. We were away for five weeks, um, and, yeah, we ended up, I think it was six countries, so... 
we did it pretty well. And Passport got a working out. Yeah, yeah. So I'd, I'd been to Europe once with the family at 14, so it was a bit of a different trip than <laughs> with the family. But, yeah, we, we got to do some pretty cool things. And I was in London when the Queen passed away, so that was an unreal experience being at Buckingham Palace and, yeah, just things like that. Boys would all shed a tear, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, nah, not, not too many emotions from the boys, just... <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and for this upcoming season or the twenty twenty three season, what's um for the group? What's some goals? Even if that's doesn't matter with how many wins or whatever, is there certain group goals or even like stuff for yourself which you're really aiming to kind of hit some marks this year? Yeah, I think I think for me, just knowing that I'll have the full preseason is just um consistent uh, consistency and in my performance and just playing at a level that I know I'm capable of and. Having no excuses this year is um, I'm really excited about, and then for us as a group, with yeah us young core, we yeah we really just want to be pushing for finals, and um, no matter when we get there, we just want to know that we're giving our all and um, having that mindset. And I think we want to start changing it from um, we don't care about the wins and losses, but slowly yeah. change that and get back to a position where we are caring when it yeah. when it does happen. And obviously a few personal goals would be one of them probably played 22 games for the year. Yeah, definitely. Um, even this year being fit for most of the year, I, I just miss some games, concussion, suspension, um, COVID. Talk us through the suspension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now <laughs> yeah, you've said it. <laughs> um, yeah, missed a week um, from wet game in GWS. Just, yeah, ran past the ball a little bit and um, just clipped Josh Kelly, so... It was a bit unlucky, wet weather conditions. So. A bit unlucky for him by the sounds <laughs> of things. Deliberate You're or You're out nah? there sniping. Uh, nah, I wouldn't say deliberate, but just a bit clumsy. Yeah, yeah you're still getting used to the long levers. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, a few quick fire questions. Yep. What teammate would you not want to box on with in pre-season? Uh, I'll go Cozzy, uh, Jacob Kaczynski. Big boy. Oh, he's a big boy and... When, it, when he's competitive, he, he goes pretty hard. Uh, who's your best teammate been so far? Both is there, like, maybe one on the field and then even one more in just, like, more of a personal yeah, setting? So you and CJ make a few cute little TikToks yeah, together? Yeah, TikToks. He's good for a TikTok. Um, I'd, I'd probably say uh, Dylan Moore. He's I've become super close with him now, um, living together, and we're pretty inseparable at the moment. And him being two years older than me, He's had a few more experiences in the system and he was one that's just sort of taught me the ropes and, um, yeah, he's been awesome. And then the dumbest thing a teammate's done that you can obviously say on record. Yeah, on record. Uh, <laughs> um, dumbest thing a teammate's done. You go on. Who? Oh, no. No, I might skip that one. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Was there something pretty bad on the your trip away? Uh no, the boys were pretty well behaved. We um No, we, we were pretty behaved. Yeah. 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 And uh worst thing you've said sleep talking. Because uh we heard oh a rumor God. that you're pretty bad when it comes oh to God. that. Yeah, my my sleeping is in all sorts. I've actually just had my tonsils out, hoping to get the snoring a bit better. Yeah. Um, I'm sure your roommates will appreciate that. Oh yeah. Sleep talk, I reckon most recent was actually in Spain. I was 
uh, Barcelona, I was in the same room as Maury, and we had just seen KJ in London, and apparently I've just I'm just up in the middle of the night holding my phone, and I've just gone to Maury. KJ's on the phone. Say hi. Say hi. <laughs> and Maury's woken up, and he's like, oh. Okay, like I'll say yeah, hi. Hey KJ. He he said hey KJ, and just to see the phones off, and he's just angry because we had a flight early the next morning. So he's just told me to go back to bed, and apparently sleep talking. I'm just done the old okay, good night. Don't sleepwalk, do you? I actually used to sleepwalk as well. My sleeping yeah is in some different areas, so I need to get it fixed. Does that piss the ladies off. Uh. Yeah. Not enough to tell. <laughs> I saw a little thing on a Hawthorne group about who was a little date you took to the uh, <laughs> Peter Crimmins medal. And a bit about that. What was the BNF nights sort of been like? Yeah, well, I that's actually my first proper one because I've had two on Zoom before that. Um, yeah. So it was really exciting to head into that. And at Crown, um, it was just awesome. All the boys suited up and... Um, for Sis to get it as well, should yeah. have been All-Australian, so it was Tell good for him <laughs> Good for him to get the uh, BNF, it was a good night. Yeah, Maury come third, housemate. Yeah, he, well, fourth the year before as well, and then third, so he's he's just taken it so to a whole new level. give it two years, he's a shoe in to win it. Yeah, if it keeps going like that, second next year and yeah. <laughs> first the year after. And uh, while you've been back, of course, seeing family and stuff, you've been getting up to, you said you got went to some 21st, but you've been doing much special stuff? Yeah, um, oh, it's always just good. Coming back and just seeing the boys, I I see KJ and Zach every day between them, and um, even just family, Nan and Pop, Grandpa, just yeah, obviously really happy to see me. So seen Chook lately? Chook, yeah, he's, he goes, he's been going alright on the weekends actually. Has he? Um, but yeah, it's, yeah he's it's got a miss on now, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he um, he's been having a bit of yeah, bit of fun, but yeah, it's been it's been awesome just being back. Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful. Trav, got anything else for us? No, nothing too much. I'm chilling. Thanks for coming today, mate. Awesome. Much appreciated. We'll smash this one out real quick. But, um, yeah, and big best of luck as you go back and uh, start pre-season. Big year yeah. coming up for and the I apologise if you hear mum yelling from the top of the grandstand. <laughs> uh, wait, when's the season start? Oh. It's not in February, is it? No, no we will, nah, there will be yeah. no football when we go over, uh, Harry. But, uh, yeah, we're coming over in Feb, I think. That's current plans. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, we'll get something going. Yeah, sounds good. No, thanks for the chat, boys. Nah, done. No, appreciate uh, it. Yeah, shout out Will Day, Hawthorne Football Club. Go check him out on whatever, Fox Footy, <laughs> and Instagram, and what else. But uh, thanks, big dog. Nah, thanks, Cheers, boys. Mate.